line. Here's McCarr to the dot. Walks it in. Kale McCarr comes and scores! Kale McCarr pull another tool out of the tool box. A little dangle, a little shooty shoot, and the Avs have taken a 1-0 lead. All right, well, I don't know what shooty shoot means, uh, but maybe that's the best thing that we can come up with to describe uh, what our Kale McCarr is doing and continues to do. So welcome to the Lockdown Avalanche podcast, everybody. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Maselli. This is Lockdown Avalanche, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And that's three in a row. Colorado, uh, their first game of five on the road in Winnipeg. Um, and they went in there and it took it. And um, if you watch the game 30 seconds in, you might have been thinking to yourself, here we go again, uh, because uh, another player went down, and we will get into that. But the player who replaced him put up uh, a performance that I think at the end of the year we might look back and say that was one of the top performances this season. Um, and we're still you know, pretty young into the season. And uh, what Adam Werner did today was nothing short of spectacular, so... We will get into all of that stuff, uh, but first, let's uh, do what we always do, talk about our social media outlets, where you can follow me on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche, send some emails, LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com, and follow on Instagram, LockedOnAvalanche. Um, so, let's get into the game. Avalanche obviously coming into Winnipeg. Winners of two straight, those two home games that they won. Um, that kind of eliminated the five-game losing streak. That seems to be a very distant memory at this point. It is no secret that the Avalanche have been suffering from a gluttony of injuries. Um, and I'm not going to go through them all because that might take up the full amount of time. Um, and if you're following the team, you know who they are, and they're important players. Uh, but so far, the Avalanche have had the next man up mentality, and it seems to be working out for them. So um, today, the person to catch the injury bug was our backup goalie, Pavel Frensos. And his injury happened uh, very quickly, 30 seconds into the game. And uh, Winnipeg is flying up the ice. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, no, it was Mark Shifley, who's a big boy. Um, and he was going up against, I'm almost positive it was uh, Sam Girard, who is not a big boy. Uh, and, and Shifley was coming in full bore. Um, Girard did what he could do to jam the loose uh, the puck loose and get it away from Shifley. So it really wasn't like a, a shot on net. But Shifley had already committed to his speed and absolutely laid out. Uh, Francois, and it was scary because um, he he wasn't moving. Um, he laid him flat out, nailed him head on. His head went back into the. It seemed like it went back into the the crossbar. Um, and I don't know which hit knocked him out because both were bad. Uh, but he was laying sprawled out on his back on the ice for a good amount of time. Um, and he, I mean, he got up. Um, after a few minutes and he did, you know, skate off very gingerly, but, um, he, he, he's out. <laughs> it's, 
add them to the list, guys. I don't, I don't know. This is just like kind of an unprecedented thing um, to have this many injuries this early in the season, um, but still be able to kind of perform the way that they're performing. Um, you know, and injuries they they bring a team together a lot of times. You know, they they, they the people that we have always talked about that needed to step up, like the Tyson Josts, uh, the JD Comfers, players like that, like now they have no choice. Like they have to really perform or their job is on the line. Your job is on the line anyway. Um, no matter if you have a full roster, everybody's healthy. But um, now with all these injuries, like, all right, now now we need you and, and you need to take, you know, full responsibility of what your your role on this team is. Um, and I'm not just pointing out those two guys as to say, like, you know, they're, they're the only ones. But it, it's a full team mentality, um, and it cannot just be Nathan McKinnon. And right now it's not. Um, everybody – well, tonight it was, and obviously we'll get to that. But um, right now it's it's seems to be they're, they're firing on all cylinders. They've gotten this this team that had the five-game losing streak, but they, they learned about a lot about each other in that five-game losing streak and put it to good use, and now they've obviously turned the corner. Um, injuries are just part of are part of the game. They're, they're going to happen. Do they normally happen in this capacity? Uh, no. Um, but it is what it is. You can't do anything about it. Now, on the road in Winnipeg, that is not an easy place to play. That might be one of the most difficult arenas to play in. And the Avalanche completely took them out of it. And they had nothing to cheer about because they did not score a single goal um, as Avalanche, you know, beat them four to nothing. Um, but the big story was not just because, you know, they beat them four to nothing. is because the Avalanche did it with their backup, backup goalie who they called up just a few days ago. Um, and I think we, we I mentioned it on the news section, um, like the beginning section of one of the shows. It was uh, Adam Werner who got called up from the Colorado Eagles the day after he pitched a shutout for them. So he's been he's been locked in no matter what level he's on right now. He's doing a spectacular job. Um, and he, I mean, it's going to go down as a a uh, shared shutout. But I mean, come on, the guy played all but thirty seconds of the game. So he this one's his. Uh, he owns it. He. Apparently he's the first Avs goalie to get a shutout in his first start or first game um, in Avalanche history. So it's pretty impressive. And the saves he was making were incredible. It wasn't like, uh, you know, you would think the Avs would kind of say, all right, we have our backup backup in and we need to really tighten up our D. We need to make it a little bit easier for him. And they didn't. he had 40 saves, 40, and, and they weren't, you know, they were high-quality shots. Um, he he was moving from side to side very quickly. Uh, Patrick Laine must, is probably begging Winnipeg to trade for this guy because I can't tell you how many shots he had on net that unbelievably didn't get past him uh, for someone that's playing in his first game. So he, he was... Some, and sometimes when you get thrown into this mix, um, you don't have time to think about it. If they had told him, you know, on the day off that you're starting tomorrow, maybe he would have been the one that got knocked out. But that aside, um, 
you're thinking about it way too much. You overthink things. Who knows how it would have went? But the way that it went was um, early injury. You look down the bench and you say you're in and you don't have time to think. And sometimes that's, you know, you hear that all the time in sports, no matter what um, the position is, when a guy gets thrown in um, kind of on the fly is kind of when they play their best. Now, what's going to go happen from here on out? I don't know because we don't have an update on Francois yet, but it didn't look good for him. So, um, yeah, the Avs had a emergency goalie on the bench. I don't remember what the guy's name was. But it'll be interesting to see what happens from here. So um, kind of in the first period, um, yeah, I talked about the Francois getting knocked out. Um, and and not, not, only, not only did he get knocked out, but once again, we're getting the, ni- the quote-unquote nice player who, which Shifley did get called for a penalty. And if you watch it, some people are going to say he didn't have room to stop. He couldn't have stopped. I don't know. I mean, the way that the game is played now, um, there's not a lot of pe- – I mean, there's a, a penalty was called, but when I say penalty, I mean like penalty outside of this. He's not – probably not going to get fined, probably not going to get suspended for it. Um, and I think because players know that, they kind of go full out even more so. If Shifley had in the back of his head that if I collide with this guy and he gets hurt, I might get suspended and fine, would he have pulled up? I think he had enough – not enough time. Once Gerard engaged him, um, that was the point of no return where there was going to be a collision. It, something sh- could have happened before then, long before then, where he could have made a different move or pull up or what do something where the collision. He could have avoided the collision, um, but that's not the way the game is played anymore. So, kind of goalies are kind of out there. Everyone's you know, and sometimes things like this happen. So. Um, I don't know what you're going to do. There's really nothing you can do about it at this point. So continuing on in the first, and you know we're still obviously early on, um, because that happened so early, you could tell it had an effect on Colorado. They, you know, w- when an injury like that happens, uh, that's on your mind right away, and it's going to be on your mind for the duration of the game, but especially um, in the immediate, the immediacy right afterwards of of that happening. Um, and you could tell um, the Avs got that power play, and it was ugly. They they had nothing on that power play. I don't even think they had a shot on net. Um, it, it, it was ugly. They did get another power play, and they needed to take advantage of the power plays if they got them because Winnipeg is the least penalized team in the league. Um, I think they take like two penalties, two penalties a game, if that. Um, and it's by a wide margin that they are the least penalized team in the league. So the Avs needed to take advantage of it. They got three of them, three power plays, that is, and they did score on one of them. Um, but that first one right after the injury, um, it wasn't good, and I think you could understand why. Um, but, you know, probably around like 16 minutes, maybe after like three, three and a half minutes had passed after the injury, you could tell they kind of had refocused um, – and they they were they're old abs uh, skating up and down real quickly, real nice passes, um, and they kind of got back on their game. So they took a couple minutes, game minutes of of uh, frustration and emotion, um, and then that quickly turned to get the focus back on the game. Cal McCarr uh, rang one right off the crossbar during that second power play. Tyson Jost whiffed on a, a pretty nice pass from Sam Girard. Um, and 
right at the end of the power play. So you knew that something was coming, and it did. <laughs> a few minutes later, uh, Kale McCarr with a, a gorgeous goal, the one that we played or I played in the beginning of the of the show. Um, he's just a freak of nature, just the way that he plays. He I don't want to say he was out of position, but um, <clears throat> he was in a, a different position. He was a little bit lower than he probably normally is. He was almost by the, the, the face-off dot. And a just beautiful cross-ice pass from Nathan McKinnon. Um, he took it kind of moving forward, like towards the puck. It was a little bit – his his motion was going in that direction, and the defender was obviously going towards McCarr. And he held onto the puck just long enough. He almost broke the ankles of the defender. I think it was Peralt, I think, who was on, who was on him. And he just held on to it and just ripped it. <laughs> and it, the goal, you know, Hellebuck had no chance at that one. Um, another thing of beauty by this kid. And go watch it because uh, we're seeing something special. So to be – and th- this happened, I think it was just under, I think like 58 seconds he scored this goal. Uh, I would have been happy with, with a 0-0 score after how the game started. To be up one nothing. Um, and to, to, to kind of weather that storm of emotion, I think just speaks volumes for how focused this team can be. So it, it was, uh, it was great to be, to be up because, uh, a, t- a tie after one would have been welcoming. So not really happened much in the second, uh, McKinnon, I know had a, uh, a breakaway that went off the post. Um, the second is where you really kind of paid attention to Werner because he was making some great, great saves, and you're like, maybe this kid's going to pitch a shutout here. You um, he, he might, you know, you never know if a fluke one's going to get past him, but uh, he looked solid. And, you know, let's face it, not a lot of people who are watching this game has really watched him before. So you don't know what kind of style he has. You know, his head is probably spinning. I think he's 23 years old around there. Um, but the, the second is where he kind of made some highlight reel saves. Um, and the second was very like a, a grinding type. The whole game was really like a grind out win. Um, but especially the second, no goal scored or anything like that. Um, but the Avs were still up and in the third, they, they kind of put it away 18 seconds into the third, Nathan McKinnon with a beautiful, uh, kind of a touch pass from Calvert, I believe it was. Um, and the, and he didn't even wait for the puck to, to get on his blade. He just whacked at it. And Hellebuck didn't have a chance with that one either. Um, and again, this is a very difficult arena to win in. So now to be up two to nothing, um, now you're in the third. And to have that goal relatively quickly into the third, like even watching it on television, you could hear a pin drop in that arena, which does not normally happen. Um so continuing on, I think there was under 13 minutes to go. And this was just vintage, like Nathan McKinnon. Uh, yeah, there's around 12 and a half to go. Abs are in transition. This was, this, if you can look this one up too, pretty incredible. Abs, they're in transition. So they're, they're transitioning from defense to offense. Donskoy receives a pass right around center ice. He's not skating as fast as Nathan McKinnon. Well, who, nobody really skates as fast as Nathan McKinnon. Um, but he, he's, he's going a, a notch slower. He's not, going, he's not his full speed. Um, McKinnon is. Donskoy gets the puck on his blade, and McKinnon 
basically just steals it right off of his stick. And he's already in full throttle when he does this. And he just blows past everybody on the Jets defense and and throws one past Hellebuck for his second of the day. But it wasn't like Don Scoy didn't know he was there. It was almost like he, he saw it, and it I don't want to say it was a designed play, but he knew McKinnon was going to do that because he knew he couldn't keep up with him. He knew the best chance for the puck to get up ice quickly is to just let him have it. And he didn't even pass it to him. Like McKinnon literally just stole it right off his, his blade, and Don Scoy let it happen because he knew he was coming up with a, a head full of steam, and he let him go. It's And I think it also speaks to this line again that I talked about yesterday. This line is now, they're, they're gelling. And Don's going knew that was going to happen. So I think this is only going to help this team out in the future. If, if Bednar, again, if he has to change up these lines, he, he, can, have, he can do this with confidence now. Uh, I, I don't, like, do you break this up? I don't know. <laughs> It'd be ridiculous to think you'd have Rantanen and Landeskog on a second line, but imagine that with with Kadri. Maybe I, the way this line is playing right now, I, you can't break it up. As ridiculous as that sounds, um, they're just they're just in tune with each other right now, and it is it is working. Um, Werner again in the third, more saves. I mean, when you have forty saves overall. Um, you know, you're going to have three periods full of highlight reels. And he had some one flat on his back. He was <laughs> more towards the left-hand side. Uh, I believe it was Shifley who kind of went around and he's on his back. So he kind of just shifts his weight to the right-hand side, just arms spread out. Like he's doing a snow angel stopped it somehow. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know about this kid. <laughs> I hope he can continue this because I don't, I don't think Francois is going to be um, available in two days against the Oilers. Um, and, yeah, and they're a dangerous team, so we'll see. But um, Donskoy got another goal, um, his ninth of the season. So, again, that top line, um, and it was from an assist from McKinnon. So a four-point day for Nathan McKinnon. And this is why I said yesterday when we do the three stars of the game, not name Nathan. Uh, because this is just ho-hum, par for the course for him. Um, he's a, a man amongst boys. It's it's crazy. So, um, and once Donskoy got the goal, you know, that really, you know, 4 nothing that put it out of reach. You kind of were thinking to yourself, well, now it's just coming down to can Werner get the shutout? And, like, you know, he, he checked the score he did. Um, pretty incredible. Pretty incredible performance by a all around. You wanted to get off on the right start on a five-game road trip um, in what normally is a hostile environment. Um, keep the keep the win streak going. So now we're at three. And not only that, you know, uh, Winnipeg was a game behind, uh, even though the Avalanche had a game in hand. That you know that doesn't really matter at this point in the season. Like you, you if you're in front of them, you want to stay in front of them. Um, especially if you do have that game in hand, you know, and you think that's important, then then you just distance yourself even more from them. Um, so you wanted to win it in regulation. You didn't want to this, you know, overtime one point stuff because then they can tie up. You don't have to worry about that now. You got a little bit of distance between them, and any 
any distance you can make in this division is a good sign. So, um, yeah, now it's on to Edmonton and uh, after a day off, and we're going to not preview that right now, but we'll mention a little something about it. I guess why not? Because it's two of the greatest in the league right now going head-to-head. So something I was like going back and forth between whether I should even talk about it or not, and I figured why not. Um, not, not that I'm going to give my personal opinion on on it because you know I just distance myself from stuff like this but the whole Don Cherry thing um you know he's a polarizing guy say what you want and the only reason I'm really bringing it up now is because now someone from the Avalanche um and Nazem Kadri has kind of not I don't don't get me wrong he he's not coming to the defense of Don Cherry he's not doing that but he is saying he thinks people um are taking what he said out of context and and to me, it's like, uh, you know, I, I didn't know that he, I knew he was, you know, obviously he's an older guy. I didn't know he was 85 years old. Um, and if what he is going to say is, is, is as polarizing as it was, he really should kind of write this at down and read it to somebody before he's going live with it. And it seemed like it was kind of, off the cuff, which most of his stuff usually is and not planned. Um, and I don't know if anybody really knows what he's going to say when he's going to say it. Um, it was kind of a, a, obviously a stupid thing to say. Do I think he came across, um, what do I think what he initially wanted to say he got across? Absolutely not. I think when, when the camera's on you and the lights are on and, uh, someone shouts action, your kind of thoughts maybe go all over the place, even for as long as he's been doing it which is since, you know, the early 80s. Um, and you you got to you just have to know what you're saying and you got to know the times that we're living in and and you can't you can't you just can't say things like that. So and and with Kadri saying, you know, he's known him for a long time, I don't think it came across like everyone is making it sound. Um, I think that what he said it it was maybe just said incorrectly. People maybe took it out of context a little bit. Um, I've known him as a great person and sad to see him go. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand all that where you say, I don't think it came across like everyone is making it sound. I think what he said, it maybe was just said incorrectly, but he's got to know how to say it then. And if he's been doing this for that long, um, you and, and, and the times, like I said, the times that we live in, um, you have to be careful with what you say. So whether or not you meant to say it that way, that's how you said it. And people are, are going to jump on it and say, like, this is this must be what you believe because that's what you said. Um, so you have to prep. You have to, you know, proofread, reread and, and know exactly what you're going to say when you go in. Now, from what I hear, Don Cherry has come out and said, yeah, I said it and I'm not changing my thoughts and words. So maybe this is all a moot point, And he really is that shallow of a person to think what he said. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there who are praising it because like, yeah, he's finally gone. Uh, people like that, like, you know, and he, this, you know, this is not the first controversial, uh, thing that he has said. I just ignore people like that. I don't tend to go in and dissect everything that they say, um, because you're not going to change your mind. If he really feels that way, he really feels that way. And I don't think fired is going to make him getting fired is going to make him change how he really feels. Even if he did sit and didn't come across as how he initially wanted to say it, like I said, that's how you said it. 
And does Kadri have a point? I think Kadri maybe is coming to his defense a little bit, not condoning what he said, but just saying, like, I know the real Don Cherry. This isn't him. That might be true. I don't know the man, so I can't say that it is. So if Kadri says it's not the real man, okay, it's not the real man. But still, you have that position. You are in front of that camera. Millions of people can see you and hear you. You have to know what you're saying. Um, and if you really believe that stuff, you don't deserve to be on, on the air. So... Um, just kind of my take on it for whatever it's worth um all right avalanche have a day off tomorrow and then a high profile game in edmonton game number two of the the uh, five game road trip so um yeah we go visit Connor mcdavid for the few times that we do during the season and uh we'll see we'll see where this one goes hopefully you can keep this going uh four game win streak and yeah, this should be interesting. So, again, guys, uh, thanks for listening. Follow on all the social media outlets, Twitter, Instagram, Gmail. Follow me at my other geeky show, The Enthusiast Life. Um, send emails, get involved, and what Joby's about to say. Go, Abs, go.